how great it is that we are here today. You know, this morning we, we stand at the threshold of a Holy Week. It's not just an ordinary Sunday. It's an important one. It's the threshold of Holy Week, the week in which we commemorate the most profound mysteries of life and death, the most profound mysteries of God and man and of love and sin. The 40-day Lenten retreat united with our catechumens and candidates for full communion in the Catholic Church, this 40-day retreat has brought us to this Palm Sunday and Christ's entry into Jerusalem. In entering this Holy Week, you and I, we're all reminded that we step into a new life, a new life won for us by Christ at a very, very, very high cost. So we mustn't take this step lightly. A number of weeks ago on Ash Wednesday, I offered that our Lenten activity must be rooted in an attitude of the heart. This inner sanctuary of our relationship with Jesus Christ. We were asked, we were to ask the Lord to open our hearts more to him so that we could connect our thirst with his thirst for us. We have no idea the thirst he has for each one of us. But we can be sure that it is intense because this is where true conversion takes place. In this heart-to-heart -heart meeting, his heart meeting our hearts, his desires meeting our desires. So friends, as we begin Holy Week, I would encourage all of us to place ourselves in the scenes of the scriptures each day. That means we've got to stop, turn the TV off, turn the computers off, turn the iPhones off, get rid of all of that stuff. Put ourselves in the scenes of the scriptures each day, especially during the sacred triduum, these holy three holy days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And allow ourselves to receive Jesus' thirst for us. You know, today's liturgy is filled with great symbolism. But more importantly, it's filled with a paradox or, or a contradiction. They're paradox of triumph and death, of joy and suffering. I mean, today's gospel is filled with people who are praising Jesus, at least the, the one we read at the beginning of Mass. They're praising Jesus. And then we hear later on there are others who are trying to kill him. There are others who run far away in fear. As Jesus enters triumphantly into Jerusalem, we heard that there were throngs of people rejoicing. The longed-for Messiah has arrived, though this Messiah was not what they expected. But the promised Savior had come. Salvation is at hand. These shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna, 
It's a word which originally meant save us and later became a shout of praise, but originally was save us. This shouts of Hosanna fill the air. Jesus is being proclaimed their king outside the city gates as these palm branches. But you know, these palm branches, they were, they, um, they were ancient symbols of victory. But they're laid before him. Another important note is historically kings coming back from a victorious battle are received in the same way Jesus was received outside the gates of Jerusalem with palm branches. So there's this great joy among the people. Jesus arrives, rides in on a donkey. Why is that so important? Because it's another symbol of victory. Kings used horses for war, and then they, when they rode into the city on a donkey, it was also a sign of victory, a sign of bringing peace. People of Jesus this day would have understand the meaning of Jesus coming into the city on a donkey. This victorious king is entering. But the paradox is that, king, that king's triumphal entry into Jerusalem will lead to this horrendous death. Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem turns into severe torture and execution. An innocent man is annihilated to death as a slave, as a criminal. And Jesus has willingly allowed all this to happen for you and for me, taking on our sins and the sins of all humanity so that we would not be separated from God for all eternity. Let that soak in. Let that soak in. So this week, you and I are invited to enter into those wounds so that all of us may experience the power of his love that has no limits. There is no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. So we know that Jesus taught not only through his words, but more importantly, through his actions. What we heard in just passion, narrative, Jesus was only motivated by a profound love for you and for me, even if it meant dying. He gave his back to those who beat him, his cheeks to those who plucked his beard. His face he did not shield from buffets and spitting. All of that for each of us. You know, there was a line in this passion narrative from St. Mark that struck me. Peter followed at a distance. Not like Mary. Mary walked with Jesus. Peter 
followed at a distance. And I would suspect that many people this week, Christians and non-Christians alike, will follow at a distance. Peter, Jesus' prominent apostle, a dear friend, could not bring himself to put his life on the line for Jesus. He followed at a distance. And you know, if we, you and I, if we are honest with ourselves, we are like Peter sometimes, following Jesus at a distance. We know that Peter loved Jesus. We know that he had faith in Jesus. He even proclaimed him as Christ, the son of the living God. But we see in this passion narrative that fear, fear got the best of him. He had yet to fully understand just how much Jesus loved him. You know, I think it would be easy to reduce the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus to just an event that happened a long time ago. How sad would that be? We're beginning Holy Week, and the Lord is inviting you and me this week to be with him in a very, very intentional way, to put aside our regular, regular lifestyle and enter into this great mystery. Jesus continues to call all people to come together around him. This week especially, he invites us to contemplate his wounds by which we have been healed and given life. The very life of the church and the sacramental presence has flowed from these wounds. It's where we experience the very heart of God, the face of mercy. The wounds of Jesus are, are, are the bridge that connects God and us, opening our hearts to the hope of being loved forever despite how sinful we are. It is there, rather than a sign of weakness, it's the mark of his all-powerfulness in his wounds, if we dare to go there is where we find life. So friends, perhaps this week, in our own quiet prayer, it's another suggestion. I said we might want to enter into the scenes of these um, scriptures. Perhaps in our own quiet prayer, we can place ourselves in the place of the unnamed woman who came with an alabaster jar of costly perfumed oil, pouring it over Jesus' head. Perhaps instead of costly perfumed oil, we can come before Jesus, get down on our knees, and pour out our thankfulness, our gratitude, our lives, and yes, maybe even our tears upon the Lord Jesus for what he has done for us, and then walk with him to Calvary. 
Because in coming close to him this week, Jesus wants to share with each of us in a new and deeper way the benefits of the cross. We can never fully come to fully understand or grasp the depth of Christ's love for us. But each time we enter into this sacred week as a response to his saving love, we experience more deeply the benefits of this mystery, a love that transforms the suffering and sin in our own lives, allowing us to participate in this Paschal mystery. This is precisely why each year Holy Week is a gift to us, to be unwrapped and opened again and again and again. Because in the end, our Lord's actions on our behalf say it all. That's why this Holy Week is important to us.